strategies and the right mindset. I am your host, Maria Bentz, and I am the founder of MBM Agency, a digital marketing company who helps service-based businesses grow their revenue using online strategies. And I am here to share with you all of my tips and pointers every single week when it comes to digital marketing and business growth. Today's episode is sponsored by our premium Wix templates. If you're totally stumped on how to build your own website, but can't afford to hire a designer, that does not mean that you should skip out on the important things in the process like professional design, sales formula copywriting, and search engine optimization. Our premium Wix website templates are created with marketing and sales in mind. And the best part is that you can have a professional looking and functional website in just under 24 hours. Our website templates are completely stress-free. They're easy to use, so that means no Photoshop or coding required. They are designed to convert based on our signature homepage formula, and they are ready to launch as soon as you are done designing. So if you want to check this out, get it at mbmagency.com forward slash shop and use the discount code mindset to get 30% off. Okay, guys, welcome back to the show. I'm so excited for today's episode. We're going to be talking all about how you can plan for Q4, how to make sure you reach your goals and some best practices to do that. Today I have Kristen Westcott with me, who is a business growth strategist and founder of Kristen Westcott Media, who has spent the last decade in legal and education field supporting leaders and students in the areas of goal setting, productivity, and project management. After recognizing her true passion lies in serving entrepreneurs, Kristen honed her skills as a director of operations. She quickly noticed that what was holding many business owners back was not a lack of drive or ability, but a lack of foundational systems that could support the day-to-day operations of scaling a business. These days, she spends her time helping online coaches, copywriters, and course creators scale without the frustration that massive growth often brings. So with that, Kristen, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be speaking with you and your audience today as well. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited because I know our audience needs this and I know I'm currently planning for key four. So I feel like this podcast (laughs) could not have come at a better time. But before we get into it, tell me a little bit about what about yourself and how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Kristen and I live in Niagara, Ontario. So just north of your Buffalo border. Nice. And um, I actually, so like you said, I started back in the legal field and then I moved into education and I got to work with a lot of project management in the legal field, let me tell you. And then I worked in the education space, working with students, love, love, love working with students. Um, But as we all know, the demographics of a corporation don't always allow you to do the parts of your job that you love. (laughs) And so after I had my second child, I was really looking for somewhere that I could still do the work that I loved, still help people with project planning and um, goal setting and breaking down milestones and all of those things that I really loved about my job in a more flexible capacity Um, where I could really kind of stay true to my core values. And I actually stumbled on 
to the coaching space. And it's really kind of funny because, you know, Google is just so smart, right? <laughs> so something that I was Googling or something that I came up really started to get, I got started to get targeted with ads in the coaching space. And so originally I started off um, as a health coach. Okay. And then with two young children that I wasn't a hundred percent in alignment with, um, I wasn't practicing what I preached and that's totally out of alignment with my core values. And so I shifted more into doing life coaching, which was again, along the lines of helping working moms figure out their goals and how to manage life and work and all the things going on in their home and setting boundaries and creating space. And um, really a lot of the stuff that I was doing with students was kind of translated over to this group of moms. But as you get into this online space, you start to connect with people and you start to get in Facebook groups and you join programs. And what I found was that I was working a lot with other coaches in these programs, helping them get their programs off the ground, helping them plan out their, their next move, helping them figure out their launch plan for their first course or their first program. And um, really, uh, like, we were all new to the, the online space, mm -hmm. really kind of helping them get set up in the online space. And what did that even look like? And so here I was going to work, coming home. I had a one and a three-year-old at the time. Mm. And then in my evening hours, instead of marketing my own business, I was supporting other coaches and marketing their business. And so I sat with that and thought, hmm, why am I, why am I doing this? Where's the disconnect? Um, and that's when I realized my true love was actually in helping with that planning and that goal setting and that management of other people's businesses because I knew I could have a bigger impact there by helping them get their businesses off the ground mm -hmm. than if I was just doing one-on-one -on -one work with these women. So um, that's when I made the transition to take all of the knowledge I'd accumulated in the online space and in my past employment to really kind of shift into becoming an integrator um, and doing project management for mm -hmm. online businesses. <laughs> that is awesome. As a business owner myself, I know how much project management is so important. And I feel like in the beginning, at least for me, I didn't focus on it as much, especially when, once we started growing a team. And then I kind of like found myself in the middle of like this big mess of like work overworking things because my project management systems weren't, you know, didn't have a good process, all this stuff. So why do you think, at least in my opinion, I, and tell me if I'm right or wrong, but do you feel like a lot of people kind of, when they first get started, kind of push that, the systems, operational stuff to the side? Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, because we're focused on, first of all, figuring out your messaging, figuring out what you have to offer in the online space, trying to distinguish yourself from everybody else. Like we're really, really focused on that front end piece mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that we, we very rarely have a look at what's going on in the back end. And that's 100% normal. Um, but there becomes a point in your business where if you don't focus on that back end, you become so busy doing yeah. things on the front end, but you're not seeing growth because you haven't really got that back end dialed in. Like you are out there, you're marketing, whatever, but without a plan, you're, you're just contributing, you're giving great value, but people aren't going to actually end up working with you mm -hmm. unless you have like that back end strategy in place. Um, or if you start to drop balls, the busier you get, like maybe you start to bring on a couple of clients, but now you're trying to figure out how to continue to market and have those clients and like, it just feels like everything is constantly competing mm -hmm. and that's having like a back end system in place can really kind of help take some of the pressure off that um, and allow you to really kind of find that right balance for you between front end and back end. Yes. Yes. And I can attest it is so, so important. I know it took us, took me like a little bit of time going back and forth on like the system is what's working, what's not, but 
today, I'm like, gosh, I can't believe I didn't start with this. It is so important. It makes your life so much easier once you get that going. Um, But tell me a little bit about strategic planning and why should we as business owners really focus in on this in our, in our business plans? Oh, okay. I love this. This is like like one of my favorite topics, especially as we're approaching Q4, right? I mean, no one could have predicted what 2020 did for businesses. I mean, it's just been, I don't think anybody hasn't been shaken. Yes. Yes. Um, And so as we head into fourth quarter and people are like, oh, there's only three months left, but I want them to think like what happened in your business from March to like June, that was only three months, right? March, April, May is three months. That's true. I never thought about it like that. (laughs) Yeah. And we have three months left in 2020. So like a lot can happen. We really can turn it around and kind of pull it all together a hundred percent, but that's not going to happen without some kind of a a plan in place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not just going to magically turn around. You're not just going to magically, you know, attract all these clients or launch your course or whatever's happening unless you have a bit of strategy. And so that's why regardless of whether like this is your first year in business or your fifth year in business, having that plan really helps guide your decisions, especially so many of us now, um, right? We have other people working from home, or maybe you have children that you're homeschooling and things are so different that your time is really condensed. Yeah. And so we thought we had condensed time before, but you know, 2020 has shown us that we really have to pick and choose the things we prioritize and having a plan in place will allow you to be able to see what those priorities are on like a monthly basis, a weekly basis, and then even a daily basis. So that if something happens, you at least know your top two priorities that are going to help you move your business vision forward Mm -hmm. versus being in reactive mode where we constantly feel like someone sends us an email and we're just responding or reacting. And then we've been busy all day, but we've not actually taken any steps towards growing our business or hitting our Q4 goals. Yeah. I love that perspective. I love how you mentioned that March to June, that was only three months. So there's still so much that can happen. I love that because I feel like I've talked to various business owners and some of them are doing great during this whole quarantine situation, but some are struggling and some have been hit hard. And it's interesting because everyone who I was associated with in 2019, everyone was like on fire, like growing, thinking 2020 was like going to be the best year yet. And then 2020 came and it hit us in the face. And I feel like for a second, at least for me, I was like, whoa, like what is going on? I had to take some time to like, you know, like kind of adjust to everything. But if there if there are business owners who are getting to Q4 and they look at their yearly goals that they set out for themselves in 2019, and maybe they haven't hit them quite yet, what are your tips for those business owners as they plan for Q4? Yeah. And so, I mean, when we set annual goals, we're really setting them to be, to be tackled within 12 months. And so knowing that if you haven't been able to make steps towards that goal and you're really just starting fresh in Q4, taking the pressure off yourself to hit that goal by the end of 2020 is the first step I would take. Because if you try and hit a 12-month goal and work that into three months, you're going to stress yourself out and possibly even burn out. Mm -hmm. Um, So first, kind of like being okay with the fact that, you know, you, you lived through a pandemic and we need to kind of readjust. 
But looking at all those goals, and as entrepreneurs, we set many, many goals. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so maybe picking the top one or two goals and really looking at, okay, let's look at the next three months and let's reset a milestone towards this goal that is achievable within the next three months. Um, And I mean, then we can kind of really, really look at that. Do you want, do you want to talk about like my seven step? I do. I do. Okay. I want to repeat that really quick. I wrote that down because I love that. So if you have been, you know, if 2020 wasn't the year you expected it to be for Q4, pick your one, your top one or two goals and reset with an achievable milestone. I think that is major to kind of give ourselves like we did just go through a pandemic, like it's okay. (laughs) Right. And reset and kind of talk about your new achievable milestones. But yes, let's get into your seven-stop process for quarter planning. I'm super, super excited about this. I know um, I heard this and it was so, so helpful for me. And I feel like this is definitely going to be an episode that I'll go back to every so often. So I'm excited for the audience to hear these steps. All right. I'm excited too. So, I mean, regardless of when they're listening to this, it could be Q4 in 2020. It could be prepping for 2021. Like these are the same steps that you go through every time you're planning out your quarter. So don't just, you know, write it off as something for Q4 2020. This is something <laughs> that they can come back to time and time again. Um, and it's what I run my clients through when I do our strategy sessions. Our, we, I do quarterly planning sessions with my clients um, and I follow this exact process. So you're, you're getting all of my good stuff today. Love it. Love it. Um, and so the first step really is to review your last couple of quarters. Okay. And so, yes, this year was very different, but really looking at your last couple of quarters and focusing on the most recent one. So for right now, that would be third quarter and look at the things that you've accomplished. What is going well? Uh, What kind of engagement are you getting online? Um, What connections have you made in relationships? Because we've been really connecting quite a bit online lately. Uh, If you're selling a product, or if you're selling more than one product, like what is doing well, which product is selling better, um, what, what kinds of emails are getting open, really kind of stepping back and looking at the last couple of quarters and any of the data that you've gathered. So I'm big on gathering data and metrics. Love it. <laughs> but having a look at those and just seeing what they tell you about what's going on right now in your space. Because once you have that information, then you can start to have a look at what you might be able to optimize going into fourth quarter. So if you really have specific revenue goals that you were hoping to hit, which again, we're, we're in business, right? This mm-hmm. is an expensive hobby. So we, we do need to bring in some revenue and maybe our revenue for Q2 and Q3 wasn't as high as we want it to be, but we really want to try and bring that up in fourth quarter. So you want to have a look at what are the things that we're selling and what were people engaging with online? What kind of messaging were they engaging with? And is there a way I can tweak an offer that meets them where they're at right now? So for example, I, I, I work with people in the back end of their business ongoing. I also have a project management package, but also what I've been doing is doing one-off VIP day sessions because a lot of the people that I'm working with this year are not in a position to work to do ongoing retainer type work mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. their revenue isn't stable and they're kind of worried about that. So I've tweaked what I do with my retainer clients to put that into a one day kind of VIP package. So everybody out there has some kind of offering that they've put together that maybe they can pull a piece out 
um, maybe it's the first starting step or, you know, the foundational piece of what you do in your business and offer that as its own package as a way for somebody just to kind of get started mm -hmm. on the right mm -hmm. path to working with you. I love that. I'm like writing all of these down because I'm like, I'm going to go back when I'm putting, when I'm have my quarter four goal and I'm like going to go through all these questions with my team. <laughs> I love it. I love, I love it. it. What is step two? Okay. So step two then is to then set those goals for this upcoming quarter. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now that you know what performed well, what people were asking for, what they were resonating with, you've kind of gone through all that. Now it's time to really kind of set your goals for this upcoming quarter. And so I mentioned a couple minutes ago, right, to kind of look at what your original goal was, your 12 month goal, and really kind of look at for the last three months, what is a milestone that you can hit within mm -hmm, that goal, mm -hmm. okay? And so set a goal, like I said, just one or two for the quarter that makes you just a little bit uncomfortable. And the reason I want you to just kind of be a little bit uncomfortable is because when you push yourself out of the comfort zone, it prompts you to take action and that's where growth comes, okay? Mm -hmm. Not just financial growth, but growth as an entrepreneur in general. Um, and so once you can do that and you just, just a little bit outside that comfort zone, then you're going to feel a little bit of momentum mm -hmm. towards wanting to reach that goal. Whereas if we set a goal that we've, we've already surpassed in the last couple of months, right? Like if I set my Q4 revenue goal for the same as first quarter of 2020, and I'm like, okay, I got that. Then I'm not likely to be out there and marketing and really kind of engaging with people because it's something I've already been able to do. Mm -hmm. I want everyone to just kind of like just slightly above that comfort zone to really kind of prompt you into action because we've got a couple months to make up for. So I don't want you to like burn out by trying to tackle mm -hmm. all those goals at once. But if you make your goal just a little bit, reach a little bit further, then you're going to start to be able to see some of that growth and, and recover a little bit in 2020. So I have a couple questions for you on this topic. So one when you're setting your, your revenue goals, is there like a certain percentage that you stick with? Like say if last quarter they made like 15 grand, right? For the last quarter, or maybe last month, maybe, maybe let's say last month they averaged 15. Okay. And for next quarter, are you going to put 15 and like 5% more, 10% more? Like I'm real tactical. I'm like, I want to know yeah. all the, <laughs> all the details. And so I don't know that I, I go with a blank percentage. What I like to do is I like to break that down and look at, okay, where did that revenue come from? Okay. And in online business, there's a variety of ways, right? We have products that we can sell. We have offers that are running evergreen in the back end. We have live launches. We have one-on-one, -on -one, you know, coaching packages. I mean, there's so many different options in the online space. So looking at where that revenue came from, and let's say that that came from a back end product. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then I would look at seeing, okay, if we sold 10 of that backend product to create this percentage of our revenue, what can we do to sell, to, you know, to sell maybe three more, to sell 13 instead of 10, right? So that's what I look at is, okay, if this is what we were doing before, how can I increase that incrementally? Mm -hmm. Or if you're doing one-on-one -on -one coaching or something like that, you say, okay, I signed on three clients last quarter. Let's see, can I sign on a fourth client this quarter? Right. So I love that. stretching it just a little bit more, but I break it down into um, like specific number of like packages or clients or be sold rather than a general overall, let's increase revenue by 20%. Because I think when we do that, we don't, we say, okay, that sounds great. But then we don't know how to actually 
do that. Mm -hmm. That's <laughs> like, yeah, okay, that, that makes so much great. sense. <laughs> but if we say, okay, I need to sell three more of this or one more of that. Now that's a tangible goal that we can then set up our marketing around to sell one more or three more. Or five yeah, more yeah, yeah. 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 I love that thought process because like you said, it's so much more tangible and you're like, your, your brain just immediately is like, oh, just one per person. That's not that hard. Like I just have to, you know, like say if it came from Instagram, they just you have to show up a little bit more. It seems a lot more realistic. So yeah. that thought process. And then another question that I had kind of on the, on this subject and kind of step one. So you said pick a top one or two goals, right? So other than revenue goals, what other type of goals can business owners set in their business? Um, so, I mean, there's so many goals. Let's, let's start with, you might, well, let's talk about Instagram, right? And so if you've not been in the online space very long or you're transitioning from a brick and mortar to an online space, it can be uncomfortable to show up online. Mm -hmm. It really can, right? You're in video. None of us like the way we look or sound in video <laughs> when we first get started. It takes some getting used to, Right. Um, depending on your space, I mean, there's, there's trolls out there in the online space in every niche and industry, you can, it can be uncomfortable to get that feedback. And so your goal might be around visibility, right? More consistent visibility or one more video per week, or, um, you know, another thing people struggle with is reaching out and asking for collaborations, right? To build those relationships with other people. And so it might be setting a goal of reaching out to one new person each week that offers a complementary service to what you offer. So you serve the same audience, but you're not direct competitors. So for example, when I was life coaching, connecting with a health coach or connecting with, um, you know, like chiropractors mm -hmm. or, or something like that, that would serve the busy moms that I was working with in a different capacity, but we had the same audience. Mm -hmm. um, and it can be hard for a lot of people to reach out and start formulating those relationships or to ask if you want to collaborate on a product or, a, you know, a masterclass or anything like that. And so that might be a goal, it might be kind of like pushing to a visibility goal or something like that. I love that. I love that. I love giving these real examples because I feel like it gives the audience, like they start imagining, they start imagining and they're like, oh, okay, I can do this. I can do this. Like, even as you're talking for my business, I'm like thinking <laughs> about uh, our goals other than um, revenue, but okay, this is great. So what about step three? Okay. So step three then is to set the milestones and the projects for that next quarter. So let's say you've decided on an, um, a revenue goal and um, like an impact or a visibility goal. Mm -hmm. So then looking at, okay, what needs to happen to sell one more of these products or three more of that product and really kind of break that down into a milestone. So for the next quarter, if I need to sell 15 of a particular product instead of 12, what does that look like? How many do I have to sell each month? How many do I have to sell each week? Um, what is my conversion when I get on calls with people? Do I have a 50% close rate, a 25% close rate? And then looking at how many calls I need to get on to kind of reach that mm, milestone. Mm -hmm. So setting the milestone and setting the projects for that next quarter. And this is important because we always want to tackle so many things. Like we have so many goals and we want to create new products and we want to create an ebook or maybe want to create a new workshop or, or masterclass or something to serve our audience, right? We really, most people I work with are such heart-centered entrepreneurs that they just, they want to serve and they want to give so much value. But we have to look at, again, how much time you have in your week, <laughs> in your yeah. month, 
to be able to do these things because we still have to run the day-to-day -day of our business. We still have to serve the existing clients that we're already working with. And then we have these new projects on top of it. And so looking at realistically, which project can we prioritize and what is the major milestone for that project in that next quarter? That is good. So when you plan out the details, and I love this because this is me. I like I can spend all day in my office like brainstorming, planning it out week by week. I love that. How do you? What's your process like? Do you use an Excel spreadsheet? Do you use a project management service? How do you plan it out and then make sure that it gets done? Yeah, I use project management software, and so for a while now I've been using Asana. Um, and that's our favorite. <laughs> We just switched to ClickUp. Um, oh, okay, okay. ClickUp has like the template features. It has like a start and end date, whereas Asana just has an end date. And so once you start to bring on a team, um, that's when I made the switch. I, well, that's not when I made the switch. It took me a while. But now that's <laughs> when I realized I needed to make the switch to something that was going to allow me to have a start date and an end date. Because mm. when you're assigning somebody something out to somebody, they you don't want it just to kind of notify them on the day that it's due. Got it, got it, <laughs> they got need it. a little bit of time to work on it. So that's one of the major reasons we moved to ClickUp. Um, also, like I said, the template feature. So it saves me a whole lot of time when onboarding a client. Um, or let's say like if you're producing regular weekly content, you have kind of like your process of doing that and got all the stuff that goes to. And so you can create that template and just duplicate it for each week and reassign the due date. So um, I do have, I use project management software for people who are not familiar with project management software. Asana is probably the easier one to start yeah. with because it's very, it's very intuitive and it's laid out the same as like anything else you're going to come across online. Um, and they have phenomenal, phenomenal tutorials out there. And so I would pick a project management software yes. and pick a free one. You don't need to pay for it. You can run your business to multiple six figures on a free project management software system. Um, yes. Start putting those goals in there. And the project management software systems I mentioned, Asana and ClickUp, they have this option for you to view things in like a list. So you could be like a to-do list kind of person, or you can use like a calendar view too, if you're planning things out. And so I like that because then you can start to see on which day of the week you have certain things scheduled to go. And that way, if you know, like you always do a Facebook live on Tuesdays, let's say, mm -hmm. and you've now put a bunch of project milestones in there that are falling on Tuesdays or whatever, you're going to know that you don't necessarily have time to do that. And you can just literally drag it on the calendar to a day that's less yeah. full and it moves it for you and all the other lists. So um, I think that's really helpful instead of having to like cross things out in a paper planner or rewrite things down or having a notebook for this and a project plan for that. And then another notebook over here for yeah, something yeah. else and some post-its on your wall. This is kind of all in one place and it all the different lists talk to each other. So you can really get a holistic picture of what it is you've got going on for that week, that month, and that quarter. Yes, I love it. I honestly, I don't know how I would run my business without Asana. I talk about Asana quite often on the podcast. <laughs> but it, I love it because you can really organize it by client, by project, you can create a folder for your own business and then have subfolders for, like you said, social media, email, and then you list it all out to make sure it gets done. So I do the same exact process. I am such a pen and paper person that it's like, I was not nervous of getting on, but I was like, oh, is it going to take away from, you know, my creative process? But it's so awesome the way they have everything set up. They have, like you said, list version. They have a board version where you, it looks like post-it notes. 
and they make it so, so easy for you. Yeah. Well, and the thing too is I think it goes back to what you were saying at the beginning where we have kind of this resistance to getting the back end in order, right? Like we don't want to set up a lot of systems, Yeah, yeah. but I think once you set this up, you can see, okay, it takes a little bit of work to get everything in there the first time, right? Maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe spend your Saturday afternoon and kind of just like bang it all out. But once it's in there, it frees up a huge part of your brain that doesn't have to think anymore about that process. So now that brain can focus on the creative things. It can focus on the content because all of the other things are written, they're recorded, it's tagged, the dates are in there. You don't have to worry about that at all. So now you can go on Instagram and do your stories and be creative and talk to your audience and know that something else is going to flag you when your next item is due. Yes. I love that. I love that for that exact reason where you don't have to remember. Cause as a business owner, I feel like there's so many things you have to remember for clients, for yourself, for your team to make sure everything's getting done. And this is like my second brain. I feel like. Yeah. So, so that's step four, right? That's step four of the process is to break that down into an action. Okay. Plan. I love that. I was yeah. just going to say, what's step four? <laughs> yeah. And so it's really kind of looking at, okay, that milestone or that project what are the tasks that are associated with that? Because again, sometimes we can look at a project and okay, so a common thing on entrepreneurs want to do is they want to write a book, right? They want to write an ebook or they want to write some kind of book to put out there. Um, and we look at that going, oh my gosh, like that is, that's so much work. Yeah. And it can get kind of overwhelming and we put it on the back burner and then we kind of forget about it or we lose passion for the project that we were really excited about. But if we break it down into little pieces Um, then we can start to see how we can spread that out over the quarter and it doesn't become so overwhelming. So maybe one day we're doing research, another day we're outlining um, like the whole book of like topic, what we want to do from start to finish. And then maybe the next day we start to break down uh, chapter one and do an outline for chapter one. And then the next day we're just doing an outline for chapter two. So each of these things, like we can break down into really smaller components and then build all of that out and then also build out the marketing side or the back end side, right. Of like connecting to the payment processor and how is this book going to get in people's hands and where are you hosting it? If it's a digital book and right, like all of the back end pieces, you can again also have those built out in this project and you just tackle them one little thing at a time. And if you know, like that your goal is to get this out for the new year, right. Then you start to look at, okay, I can do this. I can do outline on this on one day and and outline next chapter on the second day. And it doesn't seem to be such a challenge to fit into the rest of your business tasks. Yes. And I love that. I love that setting that big goal and kind of working backwards task by task. And then it also helps you see that realistic thing of like, okay, can I actually get this done in three months? Or maybe these tasks are going to take us a little bit longer so you can give yourself more grace. Right? Yeah, exactly. All right. Step five. Okay, so step five is to really kind of make a list and identify the support that you will need to make these goals a reality, okay? So it might be support in the home and it might be support in your business. And so it it could be, um, you know, like let's say you're homeschooling right now because that's (laughs) how it seems to be homeschooling right now. Um, It might be looking at, okay, is there somebody that can come in and help my children for an hour um, finish up these tasks, these homework tasks? Or can I bring in a house cleaner now to, to help me clean the house? Because now I'm, I'm homeschooling on top of running my business. I have no time mm-hmm. to do that. Or 
you know, maybe it's using that grocery delivery service that you have been resistant to for yes. whatever reason and just giving yourself the permission to, to do that so that you can free up other time. And then in your business, it might be looking at, is it time to bring in an assistant? And if you already have an assistant, is it time to maybe offload some more things to that assistant? Or maybe there's somebody else you need to bring in. Like my, I'm going to be legit. My next hire is going to be a Facebook ads person because yes, yeah. I am, I am over that. I, I do not want to do that anymore. I don't want to figure out all the changes to it. That seems to happen every month. Yeah. Uh, you know, so for me, that's like, okay, that's my next thing. But for other people, you need to identify, is there an area of support that you need? to make yes. this goal happen. And if you've never written an ebook before, it might be bringing in the support of a team who has launched an ebook. So maybe you write it, but then you bring in a short-term support to launch team to help you actually get it out there on the market. Gosh, I think this is such an important step because I feel like as entrepreneurs, we are such overachievers that sometimes I feel like we like load things onto ourselves and we're like, oh my gosh, I don't like when we're in the thick of it, we're like, I don't know how I'm going to finish this. I don't know what I'm going to do. So I think this step is like one that people may overlook, but I think it's one of the most important things And I'm speaking from experience here. If you do this and if you're going to think about this, it's going to make your life so much easier in the long run. So I love that you have that as a part of your seven step process. Yeah, we can't do it alone. We really can't. As much as we like to think we can, yeah. <laughs> we we are human beings and human beings naturally need community and support. And so yes. looking for where you need that support and taking that step. And it might be joining a mastermind or a membership or whatever, but you would know what that looks like for you and your business. But getting the support you need instead of struggling through it on your own is yeah game changer in business. And I love how you mentioned, you know, it's not only in business because a lot of times people would think about business, but I love that you mentioned, is it a babysitter? Is it a, you know, someone to help you around the house? Because those tasks, especially as women and as moms, that takes time. <laughs> and I'm, I know I'm the type of person where, I mean, this summer, gosh, so busy at home, no time. And I'm the type of person that my house isn't clean. Like, I feel like I can't think clearly. So sometimes you have to take a step back and see, you know, what's most important, what's going to help me in the long run, like love, love, love this step. Awesome. Okay. Yes. Step six. Okay. So right? Step six. Yes. And it's to track those metrics, right? So like I said before, I like to use metrics to determine what my next goal should be, but now you need to kind of track those metrics and mm. your progress towards your goals. So if your goal was revenue, tracking your sales, Yeah. not just sales, but tracking your expenses. So you know what your profit margin is on that because so often yeah. we let the expenses creep up as our sales creep up. And at the end of the day, we're left with the same amount of money to take home. So tracking those metrics, if you're trying a new strategy on Instagram, right? Tracking the engagement. If you're trying a new email strategy, looking at your open rates, like whatever your goal is, identifying your top two or three metrics. I mean, you don't need to track everything. Just identify your top two or three metrics and then start tracking your progress to hitting that goal. Um, Love that. Really keeps you in momentum to yes. really kind of push that extra little bit to reach that milestone. So similar to my previous question, but is there anything specific that you do or use to track these metrics? I just use an Excel spreadsheet okay, cool, um, cool. to track them. <laughs> I'm the same way. <laughs> Make it easy. I link it directly in my project management. So I have a, a monthly task pop up in my project management system to go through and pull my metrics and put them on the spreadsheet. And right in that task, I have the hyperlink directly to the spreadsheet. So it's really kind of like I get notified, yeah, yeah. pop your metrics in, I click on the spreadsheet and then I go and find the, 
the numbers. Nice. And then it's easy to like that whole overview of that spreadsheet. You can really take a look at the last month, last quarter. Awesome. Okay. So last step, right? Step yeah, seven. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Step seven then is to get all of those dates that you have, your milestones, your, your trackers, any of that kind of stuff, and put them into that project management system that we talked about and into your calendar. And so it's really important that these two things work together because this is, I think, one of the biggest struggles many entrepreneurs have is they have, they have either a great calendar or a great project management system, but without the other piece, the system falls apart. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So if you have time blocked into your calendar to work on marketing, and that's all it says is Tuesday mornings from nine to 11 marketing, but you don't know what to do during that marketing time, you're not going to actually be able to be really super productive. Similarly, if you have a project management system that lists out all of those marketing tasks and you know exactly what you need to do, but you have not blocked the time into your calendar to do it, then you're going to get overwhelmed that you're getting these notifications that you have a task due, but you don't have any time to actually get it done. So they need to work together. You need to time block the time into your calendar to take care of the tasks that you've put into your project management system. So and then good. find someone to hold you accountable. Oh, yes. Do that. Um, and this can be a paid or free capacity. Just find somebody, you know, I don't suggest a spouse because that's going to create <laughs> some friction, but somebody else that's going to be able to call you on it, you know, and say, hey, what's going on here, right? In a nice way, but your BFF is not the person to hold you accountable because they are just going to hold your hand and hand you a glass of wine and say, you know, tell me about your week. We want someone who's going to say, okay, but how's, how's next week going to be different? What's your plan? to get back on track. Like we want somebody who's going to actually give you that accountability piece. I love these. These steps are so, so good. And I'm not kidding when I say I'm probably going to go back and re-listen to this episode a couple of times, a few times um, until we kind of get into the seven step process. This is so, so good. So before we kind of end, can you repeat each step, just like the title, just so that the audience can have a good little review if they need to write it down, things like that. Perfect. Okay. So Step one is to review your last couple of quarters, um, focusing more on, on the re most recent quarter that you finished. Step two is to set your goals for this upcoming quarter. And then, like I said, make them just a little bit uncomfortable to kind of push you into taking a little bit more action. Step three was to set the milestones and projects for that quarter. So looking at that bigger goal and really kind of set what are the milestones to reaching that quarterly goal. Step four was then to break that down into that 90 day action plan, looking at the smaller tasks and really kind of the little pieces of each step that we need to take to even hit the milestones for the project. Um, step five was that support piece, really making a list of the support you need both in your home or in your business or both um, and looking at you know, who you need to support you to be able to reach these goals. Because if you're stretching yourself a little bit on the uncomfort zone, you're gonna need some support around you to, to do that. Uh, step six was to track those metrics and an Excel sheet is fine. Just so you kind of have an idea on how you're progressing on hitting those milestones and those goals. And then step seven was tying it all together by making sure you have time blocked into your calendar and that your tasks and your, your project management system and your calendar are kind of syncing together and then finding somebody to hold you accountable for that. Love it. So, so, so good. Thank you so much for sharing that with my audience today. You're very welcome. I love, love talking about quarterly planning. Yes. It's so good. Like right just in time for the next quarter. People are, I'm sure going to listen to it again in the beginning of the new year too. 
But before we go, how can people work with you? So if you want to work with me, you can head to my website, which is kristenwestcottmedia.com. And right on the top there, you can book a call and that will help you fill out an intake form. And we can talk about planning out your next quarter or 2021. Um, and if you just want to kind of follow me on social media, you can, I'm most active on Instagram and my handle on Instagram is kristen.westcott. Awesome. Awesome. I'll be sure to include your links in the show notes, but thank you again so much for joining me today and sharing all of your golden nuggets. Yeah. I was so excited to do so. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button if you haven't already and leave us a review with your main takeaways for this episode. But thanks again for joining me today and I